Welcome to the Cup and Saucy Book Club. I'm Jen. And I'm Zanna. What's in your cup today, Zanna? I am drinking a pumpkin chai latte black tea from the Spice and Tea Exchange in honor of October. I love yes. October. This is my birthday month and I love October. I know some uh, people are yes. pumpkin spice haters. I don't like pumpkin spice like everything. Like don't give me pumpkin spice hummus. Or something uh, like that. No, no. But I love a good hot drink with some pumpkin spice in it. I love pumpkin pastries. I just, oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, you know I love my red vines, and I'm loyal to yes. my red vines, but they came out with pumpkin spice red vines, and I've oh, got to Oh, that's just think, wrong. That is, it's so wrong. I just, that's just I wrong. can't. I, I, I can't. I'm questioning oh. my loyalty to red vines now. Yeah, I Not would. that I'm ever eating Twizzlers, ever, but... You yeah. know, Twizzlers probably will do it too. No. So, um, <laughs> yeah, let's. Oh, they do everything else. So. <laughs> right. Well, what are you drinking? What are What do you got in Today your? Today I've got Snowed In by Trope mm, Tea, uh, yeah. that we found at the Rift Bodice, and it's cinnamon buns flavored, and it's oh, absolutely man. delicious. Is I think I'm going to save delicious. that for our December episode. That sounds That sounds good. That sounds good because this is really yeah. good. It's a, uh, it's an oolong uh, tea, which I haven't really had oolong that's uh flavored with other stuff so hmm. this is a new experience for me okay cinnamon and cinnamon drops you can see them in the in oh the wow tea. okay they're like little cinnamon chips it's also got non-fat milk uh in okay. it too so if you're dairy nice. sensitive <laughs> it's really delicious and it's perfect for today yeah it's a little chilly here actually today which is weird but yeah you know. it chilled it, it finally temperature dropped a few degrees in the last several I'm so days, happy to so. be in the burr months <laughs> <laughs> yes i i am happy it's october i'm happy it's fall I'm, yes i bring I am, on fall yeah hail and welcome fall absolutely it's my favorite favorite season yes Please remind our listeners, Anna, what I assigned you to read this month. You gave me Ghosted by J.M. Darhauer. And what did you think? I really liked it, actually. I was a little surprised that there were no ghosts. <laughs> I mean, there were, but there weren't. So, yeah, yeah so there were, but the, there weren't. <laughs> yeah, so the premise of this was kind of fun to start with. It, It's a second chance romance uh, i believe i don't know yes. i'm just learning these trope types so yes, it is a second the, chance romance and with a with sort of a so we talked about this with maxine mitchell because yeah she, yeah this is the one she recommended to us she recommended it to us because she recommended it to us as something she had narrated i didn't eyeball read it i listened to it i ear read it and it's narrated by maxine mitchell and joe arden who I guess are a very frequent duo together. Yes, they are. And they, you know, they play very well off of each other. So it's pretty obvious why they're a frequent duo. The story is about these two kids who met in like a high school prep school. Kennedy and Jonathan. Kennedy and Jonathan. So Kennedy is actually Kennedy... I can't remember the middle name, but it was a president name. It was yeah, Kennedy Garfield is the last name. Yeah. So like she's got three presidential names for her for her name. And Jonathan is the son of the Speaker of the House at the time. And most of the people in this school are connected politically, have connections to. Yeah, they're um, from political to, families. And... Right. They are, you know, muckety mucks in the in the 
United States government in some way, high level, old money, you know. And her full then... name is Kennedy Reagan Garfield. Okay. Yeah. I've probably tried to block that out. Um, but <laughs> Kennedy Reagan Garfield. And... Poor girl. <laughs> right. So they are sort of a little bit oddballs in high school when they meet. They're, she's not old money. Her father works for, actually works for the Speaker of the House, who is yes. Jonathan's father. And so they seem to have somewhat kindred spirits as far as they're both a little bit artistic and you know she's a writer and he is an actor he is from the get-go he's an actor and his father thinks that's ridiculous that he you know he's trying to groom him to go to law school because you know that's what you do that's that's what the family does yes right but they have this sort of star-crossed love and all of this what's interesting to me is that we hear about their story, young Kennedy and Jonathan, as second-person narrative flashbacks. Yeah, these are told from Kennedy's diaries that she kept right. when they were first getting to when they first got together. You're led to understand that they that Kennedy has been keeping these journals for a while, but that these sections of the story that you're getting are from the time that they have met through. Yeah their breakup which is what is makes this a second chance right the flashback scenes are the the previously you know yeah like previously on ghost yes those things are happening in the same time that you're reading about what's happening now and so when it starts out it's a little like the first chapter is a little confusing about who some of the people are but it pretty quickly resolves to understand who the, these characters are so Jonathan in the today scenes is Johnny Cunning who is this sort of not really up and coming he's already kind of there like he's a, established um, but he's an established movie star yeah. and so he basically became established by starring in these Brizio mo movies so Brizio is a fictional comic book hero that we also come to find out as the previously story unfolds is Kennedy's favorite comic book hero. Yeah, they're, it's called the Ghosted Ghosted yeah, series, which is where the title of the book comes from. It's called Brizio, but Ghosted is that particular storyline of the comic yes, book. Yes, yes. Brizio's kind of a, he's not quite a Superman archetype. He's more of in the Marvel He's more like like a phantom kind yeah. of thing. His ability is that he can basically be the wind, hence yes. the breeze, you know, which, you know, it's yeah. fine. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that there are only so many synonyms that would be similar and not, you know, and not be a copyright violation. So we're going to give, you know, cut J.M. Darhauer a little slack. So Jonathan gets cast as this character Brizio in in a turns out to be a series of superhero movies it's not really a secret because you find out pretty early on that Kennedy has a, has a daughter she's a single mother and she has a daughter named Madison but she's referred to as Maddie so Maddie is and it and it's pretty quickly realized that Maddie is also Jonathan's 
daughter. Yeah. When we talked about this with Maxine Mitchell, she said secret baby. And I thought to myself, but is it really? Because, I mean, like by chapter three, he knows that right. the girl exists. So well, it's he, not... so he knows about the child very early on. He, yeah. He, he, he finds out about the baby when, you know. When, while she's he, still pregnant, if I recall. Right. While she's pr- still pregnant or, or shortly after the birth of the child, either yeah. one. The problem is, is that he has some pretty serious addiction issues. Yes. And so he has self-medicated his own depression and yeah to the point where he is primarily alcohol but other primarily alcohol but other things as well and so he just is not in any kind of fit state to be a father yeah his management okay so this is my one beef with the whole book I enjoyed the whole book. I had, you know, I there's, and I'll talk about what I really liked about it in a little bit. But the one thing that kept tripping me up and driving me freaking crazy, the manager, Cliff, used a BlackBerry. Cliff, he was using a BlackBerry. This book was published in 2017. Rim BlackBerry went under in 2016. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but. Does he use the BlackBerry in present time? Because yes, it seems yeah, no, okay. he uses it in present okay. time. Yeah, right. if it was if it was only six or seven years before using the BlackBerry, that would be one thing. But he's supposed to be some high powered Hollywood manager, and yeah. he's using a BlackBerry in 2017. Like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? Get with the times. I mean, even uh, you should have had an iPhone by now. Yeah, well, Johnny has an iPhone. Johnny has yeah. an iPhone. But, you know, it's like you might have been able to get a, a a late or like a late market BlackBerry in 2017, but you would have had to. But why? They weren't very good at that point. You know, the, all the other okay. phones had surpassed them by so t- I'm gonna, 2010. I'm, I'm going to stress a little point here. Okay, so... The book was published in 2017, which means sure. that it was probably written in 2016 when BlackBerry still existed. Yeah, but they didn't, they weren't very good at 2016. By 2016, they were already, you know, like nobody wants one of these. Fine. <laughs> it was enough to pull me out of it whenever they talked about the BlackBerry. I'm like, oh. So Zana is deducting a quarter of a cup for for the uh, outdated technology <laughs> because because you know hey i'm in it it's one of those things that i just i can't i can't get past the blackberry thing anyway anyway <laughs> all right so bringing it back jonathan has decided well before he starts working on this movie and actually before the start of this book he has entered a 12-step program and he has just gotten his one-year chip from this and so he's been sober for a year he has something he refers to as a internet troll as his sponsor yes and so jack so jack i love his sponsor jack is great yeah jack is his sponsor and he does not put up with any of jonathan's shit he's just sort of like yeah, your movies are tr- are crap, and you can't yeah. act your the way. The book was out of better. The book the comic was better. Books were better. Yeah, and <laughs> you know, turns out that Jack is actually a pretty huge Brizio fan. He's just not a Jonathan or Johnny Cunning fan. A fan, yes, yeah. So he thinks Johnny Cunning is stupid, and but 
you know, he still loves the comic books. What makes him a great sponsor and also a great character is that he will call Jonathan on his shit. Um, yes, he on will. a regular basis and yeah. keeps him honest and keeps him focused on the things that he needs to be focused on, which is, right. you know, repairing his relationships and yep. getting through his steps and recovering. I mean, he's like the ideal central casting sponsor, you know? <laughs> yeah. So the the movie, not the movie. I see, I can see why Maxine thought that this would make a good movie. Yes. Because I think it really would make a good movie. Um, but the, the book sort of starts with he's filming this next installment, Ghosted, the next installment in the Brizio franchise. So he is at a club, but not to drink. He's there because his co-star, who has chemical dependency issues. and But has not uh, acknowledged that she has a problem. But has not acknowledged that she has any kind of problem. These two have had a relationship, but never a very... Like, all of their relationship is based on that they are co-stars and they're addicted. And so they get along great when they're both high, but when they're not high, they fight all the time. And his co-star plays Marianne in the in the franchise who is the lowest lane to Brizio. Right. There are characters within the book that don't easily separate Marianne from the actress who plays her. Right. But they are very different sorts of characters cuz Marianne in the the fictional character, I mean they're all fictional, but the the comic book heroine is a much more capable and much more able to do things for herself and take care of things. Whereas her, her, the woman who plays her, who is uh, Serena. So her name is Serena. Jonathan calls her Sir, which is a little confusing sometimes because it's like, who are you talking to? You know, you're saying Sir, and are you like, are you saying, excuse me, Sir? Or are you saying Sir as a short for Serena? Which is fine. And that gets him in trouble a couple of times because he has been around her for a long time. But anyway, she convinces him to come to this after party thing and he's annoyed by it and he leaves. And so there's fans out there talking and kind of crushing him a little bit. And some girl gets pushed out into the street during all of this. And he sees that there's a car that's going to hit her. So he rushes out and he saves her. He pushes her out of the way. But then yep. he gets hit by the car and yeah. gets pretty seriously injured. First of all, everybody's like, oh, was he drunk when he did this? Well, no, he wasn't. But, you know, but as anybody who's had addiction issues will will know, being hospitalized with injuries is a pretty dangerous position to be in for recovery right because painkillers right because painkillers so when he got to the hospital they had him on morphine to start with and he was like no you need to take me off this morphine because i i can't i can't go down that path again nobody's really sure why it becomes clearer as the story goes on that he really has in mind that he wants to try to get back into his daughter's life and yes. and he knows that being sober is what he needs to do that. Yeah. He wants to get back into Kennedy's life too, but he 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 doesn't really hold out hope for that one. When he's recovering, he decides he's going to recover in this small town where Kennedy and Maddie live. 
so he moves into a guest house there. So meanwhile, before all that happens, you know, Kennedy on her side, she's, uh, she's working at a grocery store. Uh, she's the assistant manager at a grocery store and she's working a lot of hours. Her dad is still around. Her mother has died. Uh, and he's like most of the time babysitter. And the other time her babysitter is her best friend who is Jonathan's sister. Yeah. Megan, who's Jonathan's Megan, sister. Yes. Uh, but we don't find out that he's, she's Jonathan's sister until a little until bit later. later. But she decided that she wanted to be a part of her niece's life. And so she and, and she had cut off all contact with Jonathan. In fact, the present day, uh, when you see, uh, when you first see Jonathan and Kennedy together in the present mm -hmm. day, uh, he has come to her mother's funeral. So that's mm -hmm. their, that's but their first interaction in the book. But he, he was drunk at yes, he was drunk. the mother's funeral. And so it wasn't really exactly real time. It was, you know, like the year before. Right. And it was, it was, the, and that is also one of the, the motivating factors for him getting sober. In any case, he's been trying to send her money every yes. month since Maddie was born. She, Maddie's now six and she rips up, she used to rip up the checks. Now she just throws them in a pile and doesn't do anything with them. She's never taken any of his money. Kennedy is a very, very proud and probably very stupid woman for this because her child has needs. And I get yes. her. And I this get is her. child support, essentially. And this is child support. You know, don't throw away the child support because while you may be able to take care of your child and good for you, college is coming up, you know, in, in a mere 12 years. Yeah. It's... Kids are really expensive. Just yes. Really, really expensive. And working as an assistant manager in a grocery store, yes, you can provide for your child, but can you provide stability for your child long term? And there's one medical not... bill and you're screwed. You know, you are, yeah. it, it's like, Yay for your pride, but, you know, you've got other things to think about here. I would not call her stupid. I would call her stubborn. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. It isn't stupidity. It is, but it is just I And she is really stubborn. Really stubborn, and her emotions and her past pain. Yeah. She's letting those things make her decisions for her. So, yeah. uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily characterize as stupid. It's stubborn and yeah, a little bit angry. <laughs> she has strong opinions, which yes. is fine. Yes. What I really liked about this is, I mean, I, I think I like second chance romance, but I, what I really liked, and I don't want to spoil the whole thing, like I'm already kind of doing, but what I particularly liked is that the conflict near the end was not mm -hmm. communication between each other. That yes. they had, they were willing to give each other the benefit of the doubt because they had already done some work to build back trust. And even though there were some things that could have, I could easily see somebody else maybe writing that as, oh no, not good enough, we're done. Because that I've seen that trope many times. 
they didn't they didn't go there and i kept waiting for that to happen and i was really pleased when it didn't go there i i really right. was happy to see while there are plenty of things getting in the way of their happy ending it's not each other getting in the yes. way of their happy ending it's outside forces it's outside Absolutely. forces and i think that i you know i like i kind of like that i kind of like that it's that instead of it's you and me against each other, it's you and me against the world. And mm -hmm. I think that there's something kind of refreshing about you and me against the world instead of you and me against each other. You know, that once they have gotten past the hurt, because there was a lot of hurt and there was a lot and there was acknowledgement yeah. of that. And there was so I I ended up reading a few of the reviews and one of the things that sort of annoyed me I guess was it was I guess somebody had said it was some sort of groveling kind of thing and apparently no. that's a kink no it, no I don't I didn't see groveling in there but I didn't apparently see groveling. that's yeah and so that was apparently it was sold as that to somebody or somebody said oh there's groveling in this book and there's people who have a groveling kink not kink shaming that's fine if you want groveling that's fine I don't care. You know, I don't really, well, I mean, I do care. I don't want too much groveling because that gets, and they were, you know, in this review that I saw, I was just like, she should have been meaner to him and she should have, you know, basically made her, him lick her <laughs> boots. And I'm like, um, I have, yeah, I have that's, but that's toxic. That's kind of toxic. You know, I, mean, I, that's... I have opinions about reviews in which, the reviewer will try to work out their own therapy right. issues right on you know whatever book that they're currently reading yeah that and that's kind of that's kind of books. what i got out of this too is this is like wow that's a really specific kink and i'm glad they didn't go there because i would not have enjoyed that i yeah. would not have enjoyed that book i mean it's it's one thing to say that you read a book and then enjoy it or get some sort of catharsis out of it Mm -hmm. But to ex go in with the expectation that this is going to, you know, address any mental health issues that you might have is yeah, not the way no. to approach romance books. So fiction is great and it's good to read fiction for a lot of different reasons, but you probably shouldn't be basing your entire life choices on the characters in a romance novel or a suspense novel or you know, a book about trains. None of it is, is a good idea for you to base your life. Take little bits and pieces. And thank you for coming to our TED Talk. Yes. And thank you for coming to my <laughs> TED Talk. Yeah. <laughs> right. Outside forces breaking up a relationship is much more interesting to read to me I agree. Than, than the miscommunication. Because we've talked about this before, that the miscommunication... Yeah plot device is overused it's it's tired to me it's really tired to me and i mean i know that miscommunication happens all the time hello yes i'm married and have a child you also don't give up on somebody that you truly love because of miscommunication yes yeah you can fight about it and you can you know you can usually instead of breaking up about it you end up at least in my experience it's been it's like epic fight and then oh, wait, what did you mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, why are we getting upset? What were we fighting about to start with? Yeah, and let's talk about, for a second, the performances. Okay. Because you listened to you listened to this one. Yeah. So I listened to a 
uh, one of Joe Ar- Joe Arden has a thing called Not a Real Podcast for the Audio Attic. Yes, and I listened oh. to this interview that he did with Maxine Mitchell um, that happened before we talked to Maxine. During that, there was a kid off. Yes, and they did a kid voice off. Yes, because they both do pretty good kid voices. I got to say, I thought this at the time, and it was totally reinforced now. While Joe does very good kid voices, he ain't got nothing on Maxine. Maxine Maxine is the queen for a reason. Maxine (laughs) is the queen of kid voices. Her Maddie was so realistic. Yes. As as a little girl that it was it was almost like they had gotten in a kid actor. Yeah. To do the voice. Yeah, it's really brilliant. It's really yeah, brilliant. so she does she does a fantastic job with with the kid voice and Maddie as a character is just she, is yeah, just fantastic anyway I mean yeah. she is this is obviously written by somebody who knows who knows kid behavior yeah, yeah very well <laughs> right obviously yeah and you know and kids speak and how kids connect things together and yeah. how you know and she's very much this character of Maddie is very much a human she's not. She's not just a stereotype kid. She has very real hurt and trauma and emotions. And you can see that play out throughout the book. And, you know, it's like, it's basically a three-way love story. And it's the love story between Kennedy and Jonathan, but it's also the love story between Jonathan and Maddie and Kennedy and Maddie and then all three of them together. And, yeah. you know, it's just, it's not just about the girl and the guy getting together. It's about the family reconnecting. And I think that that really is, it's just a very lovely, lovely storyline. I think, you know, I don't know that I always want to read kid fic, you know, or, you know, that it, yeah, it wasn't the, exactly kid fic, but. No, so many times I have. I don't read a lot of, you know, surprise baby or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, where there's the nanny tropes, the daddy tropes, whatever. Right. I don't read a lot of those, but when I do, I want them to make the kid 3D. Right. They have to be fully fleshed out characters on their own for me to like it. And mm-hmm. Ghosted is one of those. Yeah. And Addie is, you know, and just like just like with the chameleon effect that was written by Joe Arden, I mean, Lexi, his niece, mm-hmm. um, even though she's not in a lot of scenes, no, she when one she's of my there, yeah. she's one of my favorite characters. Right, exactly. It's got to be something like that, where the kid is their own character and not just right. an afterthought that... Yeah, and not a, not a prop. Yeah. Um, and, and and so the, that that's definitely true with the case of of this character Maddie. Um she's not a prop. She is an emotional driver. Yes. On a number of levels and and beautifully and also, drawn too. Yeah, and has drawn. and has her own very complicated emotions about her father, about her mother, about their relationship and yeah, and it just it's and also about how she interacts with her peers because there's also some sort of bullying that she she experiences nothing that's like very bad bullying but there is some bullying um yeah she gets picked on a little bit mostly because of who she really is and who she claims to be 
Right. So, you know, right. the kids basically don't believe that her her dad is is Brizio. Right. She doesn't understand why people wouldn't believe, you know, something that's true. Mhm. I guess we see that all the time. People don't yeah. believe things that are true. <laughs> Even if they're right in front of our face. Even if they're right in front of your eyes. Yeah. Zana, using our five cup rating system, what do you give Ghosted by J.M. Darhauer? I give Ghosted four and three quarter cups because of that Blackberry issue. <laughs> because of the <laughs> quarter cup deduction for the outdated technology. Yes. Wow. So, okay. <laughs> so, so quarter cup deduction for the, for the BlackBerry. We have now made our rating system into an Olympic sport. <laughs> <laughs> well, as it should be. As it should be. <laughs> How about you? What did you think about it? I gave this one four and a half. Mm-hmm. There were times when the back and forth got a little, it was a little too much for me, the back and forth in time. Uh-huh. got to be a little too much for me and I wasn't sure what time I was in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that didn't bother me. I mean, it's... normally that doesn't bother me. Normally that doesn't. I can see where it might. I can see where it could. It's just that one didn't, that is not something that, that yeah. gave me any kind of issue. Normally that doesn't uh, bother me. I think it was because it was written in that the past events were written in her journal and that second person, and it's that weird. was that was what dry, uh, yeah. what pulled me out was was the switch in narrative voice. I agree that it sort of pulled me out of it a little bit, but as I started thinking, I'm like, this is an interest, an interesting way to do second person voice, and I kind of I kind of dig it because I, second person voice is very difficult to do. It is in a way is. that is impactful. And so I, I thought that the way that it was handled was was really good. And and so it was it was jarring at first, but as I got used to it, it was like, oh, I, I get what's happening now and I and it and it works for me for the story. I mean, I give credit to, to JM Darhauer for, for the experiment of it. Yeah. I think I think if I've usually hear a switch in um you know, in the voice, it's usually first person to third person. Sure. And so I think the second person is both, yes, difficult to pull off and it's, um, it was completely unexpected. So when you would come back to it in the midst of the story, it was, oh, wait, okay, we're back here. It is a little jarring. It helped me with the time switch, though. Yeah. So, you know, I, I could tell if we were in second person voice that I'm like, okay, well, this is in the past. Yeah. And I think if I had eyeball read it as well as listened, that might not have been the case. But mm-hmm. I I only listened to this. Yeah, that makes so, sense. But, there, uh, but Joe and Maxine's performances were yeah. wonderful. I absolutely get why this is Maxine's one of Maxine's favorites yeah you're absolutely right she totally wins the kid voice off for this one hands down hands down Joe does great kid voices but yeah like I said Maxine is the queen for a reason and this is one of them that is so that is why yeah so four and three quarter cups which is a new (laughs) hey I actually rated it higher than you which is I think yeah which I think is a first first yeah 
So we've got two firsts in there because I think this is the first three-quarter rating that I've ever had. It is. Yeah. No, I really liked it. I thought it was it was great. Yeah. And it, it, for all the reasons I talked about, I really like that that the conflict, it, the, the real sort of climactic conflict was external and not internal. That worked for me. And... Your next assigned reading, Zana, I am really excited to give you this one because okay. it's like with The Murder of Mr. Wickham, I am very certain that you are going to really like this one for a lot of reasons. Okay. This is Dirty Letters by Vi Keeland and Penelope Ward. I think you're going to want to listen to this because okay. the narrators are Jacob Morgan and Ooh. Andy Arndt, Ooh. two of your favorites. Yeah, I like them both. And Jacob Morgan is uh, doing a British accent in this. <laughs> okay, well, he does a good job with that. Uh, this is, I will say that this is also a second chance romance, and okay. it is partially epistolary. Okay. And I know that that's something that isn't always your favorite, but I think that the way it's done in this book is done well. Okay. You know, there's a little bit of text conversation that's kind of a back and forth, but... but I just the... can't pronounce epistolary. That's why. Uh... <laughs> okay, it right? it's done in letters. <laughs> I know so what it I means. Will... I know yeah. what it means. I just have trouble pronouncing that word. That's Yes, you did, but you did get it right. Yeah, all right. I also have a personal... There's a personal connection to me because the basic premise of the story is that it's... They start out as pen pals. Ah, okay. Actual, like, writing pen pals when they're in the third grade, I think. And she's an American, and he's a Brit. And I also had a British guy pen pal. So So did I. Actually, we're both, we're still very good friends, actually, but... Yeah, sadly, sadly, we have, we have drifted over, over the years. But yeah, so there's yet another reason for you that... Okay, uh, well, that's cool. And so if you would like to read along with Zana, listen along with Zana, please visit our website, cupandsaucybooks.com, for links and show notes. You can also follow us on social media at Cup and Saucy Books. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Let us know if you have a book you would like us to review on the show. And we hope to meet you in person as well. We have a busy month of <laughs> events yeah, ahead of do. us. Boy, yeah, October is going to be slamming. This, uh, this weekend, I'm going to be at Love and Devotion, Hopelessly Devoted in Ontario, California. And I will be at uh, Lit Low Country, which is Lust in the Low Country in Charleston, South Carolina. And then the weekend after that, we will be in Philadelphia for Indies Invade Philly. And we will finally finish the month at Love and Vegas in Las Vegas. And that finishes out our book events for the year. And thank you for joining us for the Cup and Saucy Book Club. A little sneak peek of the episodes that we have this month. October 9th is voiceover artist Damon Allums. October 16th is author Jane Diamond. And October 23rd, for Zana's birthday, we have the narwhal himself, the real Joe Arden. And then we end the month with a special bonus episode. Thank you for joining us for the Cup and Saucy Book Club. Join us next time for more great conversations with people from the world of books. And probably a few tangents. Happy reading. Cheers. Cheers.